Okay. Then let us pray. Gracious loving God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks for the season before us. We give you thanks from the journey to the cross, um, and from the cross to the grave, and from the grave to rise again. Loving God, guide us that we may hear you in this moment. In Jesus' most holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Good evening, friends, and welcome once again uh, to another fun-filled episode of Scripture Talk. Um, this is the podcast where we talk about Scripture. It's handy like that. Um, I am joined, as always, by the full crew. I am Pastor Jake Comstock. Go! I'm Sister Brady Dudley. Pastor Scott Ketchup. Stacy Tyler. And on the ones and twos is Stacy. Um this is uh, Easter week uh, here at Grace Church. Uh, it is Holy Week, uh, which means so we did Palm Sunday, uh, where we you know wave palm branches, and uh, it turns out the sermon really did talk a lot about how Mark is oddly obsessed with the donkey, like really obsessed with the donkey. Then Thursday night we'll um, remember the Last Supper, and then Friday night uh, we'll remember uh, Jesus' journey to the cross um and his crucifixion and then sunday morning we will celebrate a resurrection we're going to try and pull in a lot of the story because it is all interconnected um but our focus scripture is um our easter scripture for um uh, for this year and it is uh, mark chapter 16 uh, verses 1 through 8 the notorious short ending of the book of mark when the sabbath was over mary magdalene and mary the mother of james and salome brought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They had been saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? When they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled back. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. Look, there is the place they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. So they went out and fled from the tomb, for, te for terror and amazement had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. And then the scripture ends. Yeah. Here ends the reading. Blood. Right? So we have talked about, um, because this is a year where we're going to, you know, talk about Mark a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, so for those of y'all who don't know, uh, if you follow the kind of schedule of readings, what's called the lectionary, which we try to do as best we can, you end up assigned one gospel for every year or one of what's called the synoptic gospels. That's Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Um, the ones that kind of track with each other. John's very much his own thing, right? Off in his own direction. John kind of pops up at random. Mm -hmm. um, one of the three synoptic gospels per year in a three-year cycle. The lectionary goes in a three-year cycle. And so uh, year A is Matthew, year B is Mark, year C is Luke. And so if you notice that like last year, man, we spent a lot of time in Matthew and very little time in Mark or Luke. Well, there's a reason for that. And the year before that, uh, the first year of the show, we spent a lot of time in Luke, um, not a lot of time in Matthew, and certainly not a lot of time in Mark. And then this year, we're going to spend a lot of time in Mark. And so this year, we get Mark's version of the triumphal entry. Um, and this year we get Mark's version of the story of the resurrection. Um, but you might be thinking, uh, Pastor Trey, uh, there's more to this story. Um, to which I'll say yes and no. Yeah. I am aware 
that there are verses 9 through 20 of uh, Mark. I have that, of, of chapter 16 of Mark. I have that pulled up. But the oldest manuscripts we have of Mark do not include verses 9 through 20. They essentially end here with them running away uh, in terror and amazement. And so for someone trying to get back to as close as we can, right? We don't have originals of any of these, right? Um, This is not like um, the Constitution um, or the Declaration of Independence here in the United States. We're like, we have the originals. They are in this ridiculous, um, not quite Nick Cage proof um, structure. <laughs> um, I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence, right? Like I- in the National Archives and like, if there's a bomb, they will sink down into a concrete vault because <laughs> these are the originals. Like somehow the, cons- the, f- the the concept of rule of law would break down if we didn't have the original document, right? We have transcribed it, I promise. Um, we don't have that for any book of the Bible, right? Um, this is one of the differences between the claim made by Christianity and the claim by, made by Islam. So in Islam, um, they believe that Allah dictated and Muhammad wrote down and they have literally, that this is the Quran. Um, and then it gets really weird when there are different versions of this, of the Quranic scripture floating around. Whereas for us as Christians, like we know we don't have the original version. And certainly the people who translated the King James version had, didn't have the original version either. They actually had less good text than what we have now. And what we have found in the time since the King James Version to now is we found older versions of Mark, and they do not have verses 9 through 20. What they have is just verses 1 through 8. And so the question we have to ask ourselves then, as people attempting to be faithful interpreters of Mark, is what do you do with this ending? And that's an interesting question. Uh, you know, being a seminary student right now and going through New Testament and stuff, it's one of the harder things is remembering to think about the context of where they were right. and not looking back on it with our knowledge, et cetera. And so, I mean, just imagining what it would be like you were going to prepare the body. And so you're shocked when the body's not there. I mean, obviously, it. It looks as though they weren't even aware that guards had been placed there because they might not have asked the question, who's going to help us with the stone? Because they might have thought maybe the guards would. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, so, you know, and so then they get there and the body's gone. So this is kind of like, well, is this you know, the first thought of anyone is not going to be that someone has risen from the well, dead. Right. Especially back then, you know, pre-zombie movie and this being kind of a topic that comes up a lot in... Well, and knowing how politically charged Jesus' death was, how inconvenient Jesus was to the Pharisees, to the temple hierarchy, who are very different from the Pharisees, about the hating Jesus is about the only thing the Pharisees and the temple hierarchy agreed on, um, and to the Romans, right? Jesus is inconvenient to all three. Um, and so you would immediately jump to, oh my God, they've taken his body to desecrate it or to, you know, and, 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 and like, you know, desecrating an enemy's body is certainly not something the Romans, um, you know, the Romans would stoop to that from time to time. Um, and so you, that, yeah, that's where your mind would jump, especially given how fraught Jesus' life and death were. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. I guess it's important to try to read all of the four Gospels and get the full picture of the story. Because if you were a lay person like myself, reading the Bible for the first time and chose Mark to begin with, you'd be like, 
oh my gosh, is that all of it? It can't. It got to be more than that on there. Well, and, and that's the benefit we have. Sorry, Trace. But but Mark was first. Mark was, yeah. Mark was first. Mark, I know we put Matthew first in the order, but the earliest gospel is Mark. And so the earliest Christians, this was the ending they had. Yeah, this was what they had. This is, they, mm. and they didn't have the other ones to get the other additional context. And so they're sitting here reading this going, well, what does this mean? Now, to be fair, we, we do see that uh, some people had understanding that he was saying he was coming back. That was part of the reason that they placed the guards. Right. You know, you, you see in other Gospels, they talk about the guards being placed. Mm-hmm. Not that they really thought he was going to come back, but so that they couldn't steal the body and then claim he resurrected. So the that aspect is running through the mind. And then you have somebody sitting there going, we know who you're looking for. He's not here because <laughs> he's alive. And the confusion that that had to bring, I mean, we see... It says, you know, in fear and amazement and then going away not saying anything because, quite frankly, I can't imagine, you know, we, we just come back from going to put flowers on a grave and they're not there. And then I come, I'm not going to come running up to y'all going, oh, my gosh, he wasn't there. And then everybody said he's alive. So, or this one guy there said he was alive because this people, one guy who is clearly an agent of God. Right. right? So let's start there. Right. Yes. Like, um. The one guy is clearly an agent of God. So one of the things I like, it is always tempting. And I said this in, in the pre-show, right? It is always tempting to just make that leap and say, well, we have so much other stuff about the resurrection. And so let's just focus on that. It's much more comfortable, yeah. right? It's much more comfortable to, to read Luke and, and you get this whole journey uh, to the ascension um, or to read Matthew and you really tie it in a bow about go and make disciples. And like, you know, Matthew is, is very focused on church life and the birth of the church's mission. Like, like it is so, those are really comforting endings. And I'm not saying don't read those, but I want us to, I want us to reckon with Mark in Mar- on Mark's own terms, knowing that when um, certainly Luke, who was not a, definitely not a witness to the resurrection yes. right. before he would have talked to, it's clear Luke has a copy of Mark. Um, and so before Luke would have done his research um, in kind of talking to first generation, the first generation Christians that Luke has access yeah. to, this is the ending that Luke would have known. This is the, this is, if, if, if Paul might have had a copy of Mark, that's not totally clear. We know Paul and Luke worked together. Maybe this is, in, until Paul talks to guys like Peter, this is what Paul would have known of the resurrection. And yet, even when this short ending the power of the resurrection shines forth. Um, one of the things we, we kind of batted around the pre-show is uh, one of the one of the kind of like the seminary challenges, well, it seems to end just like in fear and without hope. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure that's true. Yeah. No, it's not. I, I know um, when we look at this and for us, it's easy. We're looking back in hindsight. I, well, I say easy. It's easier right? because we're looking back in hindsight and we know the resurrection. We have the other books to look at, but... That also means we didn't have to wrestle in the same way right. with the faith. We have multiple witnesses saying, right now, they're dealing with just a couple. We don't even see here in Mark, you don't see him meeting any other disciples. You don't see him even showing himself to the disciples in the short ending. You just have the angelic messenger. Those who have the message that he's alive haven't even seen him yet. And so... To wrestle with that, that's that faith of really having watched him die 
and then having to reconcile without seeing it that he's alive. But also I think this is somewhat of a question of author's purpose. Like what is Mark interested in, right? Yeah. Where Luke is really interested in like he, Luke is writing to a generation of people. Luke is writing later than Mark, certainly, right? Because Luke has Mark open as he's writing. So Luke is writing later. We don't know what Mark's author's purpose was. He gives us so little, sure. right? He is also uninterested in Jesus' birth, right? Yeah. So in Mark, Jesus appears in the scene that gets baptized. And then the angel says, that the, the messenger of God says he is risen and the women leave the tomb. And that's the end of the story. Right? right? Why is Mark uninterested in Jesus' birth? Why is Mark un- uninterested in post-resurrection accounts? Why does Mark end here? Now, if you are like a Da Vinci Code whatever, right? Like, well, because this is what really happened. Sure, okay. It really happened that the women leave in terror. That doesn't mean there aren't other post-resurrection encounters. It just means Mark may not be interested in them. Right. Because mm-hmm. either Mark knows that everyone that everyone Mark is writing to knows about those um, or that Mark is writing a specific tale of baptism to resurrection and no more that that like, that's the, that's the brief he's either been given or given himself. We don't know because there's certainly material that Matthew and Luke have that Mark don't or Mark doesn't care about. And then so it could be, Oh, someone else already wrote about the post-resurrection stuff. And that's what Luke pulls upon in particular. Right. So I don't need to write that. I really need to write this stuff that no one else has covered. And because Mark is the first, to cover baptism to resurrection. So I would say out of this read, he's interested in the women's conversation and their yes. reaction to this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so the, the question then to ask ourselves as preacher is not, is this ending satisfying? Tough luck. It's yeah. the ending you got. Yeah. Um, and I, I could have um, just assigned us, you know, Mark 1, Mark 16, 1 through 20. We've done 20 verse, you know, yeah. scriptures before. And I could just say, hey, just do the long ending. It's easier. Uh, or like mention that there's a short ending. No, I deliberately designed the short ending because I want to ask the question, like, what do you do with it? Right. What do you do with this as the ending um, rather than um, adding on materials? Because clearly... Someone wanted to add material. Could well have been Mark going back later or other people like having read Matthew and Luke going, man, that ending's rough. You know, when you, you look at Mark and you think of how he's really a highly shortened Cliff Notes version mm-hmm. of yeah. the ministry, yeah, and we do have the fact he is the earliest. Therefore, he had the greater instance of eyewitness still alive yep. to back up. And so he may just be thinking of, okay, those who are coming, they need to know the bare necessities Right. of what's going on and the way this ends it ends with that the way life and faith often yeah. happens we don't always have an answer for why something happened mm. you know uh, one of the most difficult things when you're doing grief counseling and someone is generally people want to know the why and there isn't always a reason but yet how do you still have faith going through what you don't understand but also Yes, and how can you put to words adequately your experience of the resurrection? 
right? Yeah. Like some, like in some ways, the religious experience is is an experience beyond words, mm-hmm. and so it's clear they have experienced something that is beyond words. It ends in terror. Yeah, you should be terrified at the power of God. It's not a negative to be afraid of the most powerful being in the universe, right? Mm-hmm. Now that's not bump in the night terror. That's like the fear of when you look at a mount, like the like the size of a mountain, and are struck yeah. with that awestruck terror, right? Right, right? But that's still fear. Right. I think a we're, we're demonizing fear here and we should, you know, scripture yeah. often says fear of the Lord. Right. This yeah, is the beginning of wisdom is, is the, the fear, fear of the Lord. Of the right. Lord. OK. And they've just had like a major encounter with this incredibly uh, huge thing that God just did. God just defeated death. Right. Uh-huh. And they are also amazed. Right. Which is in no way a negative emotion. But mm-hmm. fear of the Lord is not a negative. And so you have them rush away um, in terror and amazement without clear answers. And Mark then doesn't give clear answers answers and often in the life of faith we do not have clear answers in some ways this is one of the most realistic endings of any yeah. of, of any sc- book of scripture right you know i love luke's writing but sometimes luke loves to tie things up in a bow right <laughs> you know I, the, 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 the clo- closest to a hanging ending he gets is what actually happens to paul luke what actually happens to paul yeah, yeah. The, the matthew's worse but yeah <laughs> So this is this gets at to me what I love about the short ending is it hands over hands the torch of the life of the faith over to us we are in that same place we have encountered a living God who can do yeah. things beyond us. We should fear terror and amazement. Um, and it should be such that we cannot quite put it into words. Right? Right. Clearly the message gets out that Jesus is risen. Mark would yeah. know that, right? Mark is writing as a Christian to Christians. So Mark is not in doubt. Mark is not in doubt about the resurrection, no. Dan Brown, right? Or whatever, your conspiracy theorist, right? Mark is not in doubt about the resurrection. Mark knows the movement keeps going or who the heck is he writing to, <laughs> right? So Mark is aware of an early church right? Luke writes the history of the early church, call it Acts of the Apostles, but Mark's aware of all of that. Um, Mark passes this torch that we live in the position of the women, right? We have been told, we have been told of a resurrection. We have not, or maybe Brandy has, but the rest of us haven't, been able to touch the hands of Jesus and the feet of Jesus, right? And stick their finger in their side, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I, I leave open to whatever Brandy's religious experience may or may not have been at this point. I, you know, who can tell? Uh, but we too have, have, have this same kind of limited interaction with the resurrection. And so we are exact, just like, we are exactly like the apostles post-Pentecost in Luke. Right, we have access to all the same stuff that they do. Right, um, we don't have access to the living, breathing walk with me, Jesus. We have Jesus living in our hearts. So just like the women, we've been told of the resurrection by divine messengers. Right, usually like pastors and teachers, maybe not angels. Though again, Brandy, who knows? Um, Brandy might be excluded from part of this conversation. Right. <laughs> Sorry. Um, the, the rest of us have to go on uh, not really blind faith, but faith is not being seen in the visible. That faith right. that's taking to heart. What the lessons of what's been told, and that's that is literally where the women would have been right. walking away because you know it would have been natural for their minds to be thinking back through, okay, well, do you remember when he said this? Right. Do you remember? We don't see it, but it's not a far leap to think that that's what's going on. I mean, they're in amazement, they are walking around and they're contemplating, they're not running to just start talking about it, so they're staying silent, and oftentimes we need to take that moment to contemplate yeah. our own faith, to contemplate 
It's it's almost like Mark leaves you with now. What are you gonna do with this? I mean, right, it, right, it, right, kind yeah. of exactly yeah. right because <laughs> you are in the same place as the women. Yeah. Right. In this case, um, the women become a stand-in for the audience. Mm-hmm. Right. Because you you know we have not touched the you know we don't get the doubting Thomas stuff. Right. Um, we don't get to put our hands in Jesus you know handholds or whatever. Right. We get someone who we know to be, who we believe to be from God has told us the story of this resurrection. Um, that has, you know, in a Christian experience, clearly done something to our hearts, right? You know, and terror and amazement's a, a reasonable summation for a man who gives us almost no details ever of what a religious experience feels <laughs> right, like. Right, there are some things that God does in life that leaves you speechless. Right. You can't find the words to describe it. You just leave dumbstruck. It's like, Oh my God, did that just happen, you know? Well, and an angel telling you that God has defeated death is a pretty good a pretty good reason to be speechless. Yeah. True, yeah. Mi- true mic drop moment. Right, yeah. Yep. God has defeated death. Boom. Right. <laughs> and so you are left with this ending that, that passes the torch that yeah. says, you two are here. You too are struck with this, you know, hopefully struck with this terror and this amazement. What are you going to do with it? Where are you going to carry it? And and just like, just like the women, Jesus goes ahead of us. God goes ahead mm-hmm. of us. Um, in this case, goes ahead of us to Galilee, but goes ahead of us into ministry. And so what are, what are we going to do? This is what, reading the short ending of Mark kind of transforms an Easter message. Because mm-hmm. often an Easter message is, uh, Jesus is risen. That isn't that good for you, um, and and it and and it becomes a just it becomes a moment of celebration, which is great. Again, we need those, but this becomes a moment of kind of celebration and challenge of uh-huh, like uh-huh. you have been told this, just as these women have been told this. We are here today because these women clearly did something with this. Right. What are you going to do with this? You've been given the same access in a very real way that they have. What are you going to do with it? It's almost like an unspoken Great Commission. Yes. Instead of it being the, okay, you're told to go out, it's like, here's this awesome amount of news. What do you do with it? What do you do with it? Right, and so this is why, like, this is not a hopeless ending. Mm Mm-mm. Right? Because, partly, because Mark knows the end of the story. At this point, Mark knows the end of the story, too. Um, and will say, yeah, obviously Christianity kept going. Like, clearly they did right. something with this. Right. Um, and so, yeah, this is, but it is a very, it is subtle. It is different. It is, it is uh, the, the definitely the hardest of the Easter texts to preach. Mm-hmm. Um, because the rest of them tie it up in a bow. Um, partly for having grown up, probably for having grown up with Mark and going, I get what Mark is saying, but maybe, maybe we pull in some of this other, this detail that we know. Why did he stop there? You could have gone a little bit. Well, a few of them could yeah, at least you ask know, Mark. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 I wonder yeah. some of them like, so, um, are you, are you going to finish that? Are you done? Right? Yeah, I can see it. So, uh, when, when are you going to finish right now? I did. I, I did. I'm done. I did. I did. It's done. Are you sure you're done? Well, right, and that's and that's where I think that's where the longer ending comes from, right? This right. Is, he wasn't <laughs> Let sure. Let me go back. He yeah. wasn't sure because yeah. the because the, the longer ending is old, just not as old as the short ending. Yeah. So again, it could have been could have been added by Mark. We leave room for that too. Um, or, or even the fact of him having to take time to contemplate how to do right. the right because so much of it was happening in real time for right. him mm-hmm. at that point of where it was developing. He may have just been watching to see. 
where this goes so that he can bring a summation. Yeah, I mean, he's, prob- he's probably only writing 15 years after, 20 years after, not yeah. long, right? Yeah, he's tied uh, right You know, if Jesus, you know, ascend, you know, dies in a sense in like 32, 33 AD, somewhere in, yeah. in there, Mark's writing, you know, 60s, you know, we're not talking, you know, early, we're not talking long after, mm-hmm. right? A lot of the direct witnesses are still alive. You know, Peter doesn't get martyred until the mid 60s. Um, Paul running around. With Paul's running. Yeah, Paul's, Paul is very much active. He and Peter sending letters all over the place. Right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot of this stuff is in flux. Um, and so he is writing. He's also writing, maybe not knowing what people really want, yeah. right? Here's the problem with going first. You don't know what the rubric is. Yes. Uh, and so in some ways, the rubric is formed by you, by people's reaction to you. And so I suspect, again, now, we're, now we, are, we are fully speculating, and I'll admit that. Um, but we are, uh, But I suspect that the earliest receivers of Mark said, yeah, I want the resurrection story too. And out of that comes the longer ending of Mark. And out of that comes certainly Matthew and Luke who are yeah. writing in the tradition of Mark and using Mark as a reference, but then pulling in other interviews and other sources and other tellings, right? And we don't know what all of that kind of panoply of sources is, but there were many, clearly. Exactly. But it's, a, it's, it's like I said, Mark is that shortest read. 15, 20 minutes, you're done with the book. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, 16 chapters, and the 16th chapter is shorter than you think it is, right? The 16th chapter is just like, yep, he's risen, go and tell people. Ah! And then it ends, right? Like, it ends with this, like, just this terror (laughs) at the power of God and the awesomeness of the responsibility and all of it, and then it's over. Um, And that was Mark. Thank you for coming. Good night. (laughs) The ultimate cliffhanger. Right. Right, because but this is like okay, y- y'all are old. Y- the rest of y'all are uh, Gen Xers. I'm a, a millennial, so I watched Captain Planet um, as a kid, um, and every yes. Captain Planet ends with "The power is yours," yes. right? Like this power is the, this is, is the Captain Planet ending, um, which is also which is an ending that Matthew and Luke <laughs> also get to, but they get to they get to with a lot more words. This is Mark's version of "The power is yours." <laughs> I mean, Matthew literally ends with "Go and make disciples of the nations, baptize in the name of the Father," you know. Matthew ends with the Great Commission. That's how Matthew does it. Uh, Luke makes the jump to Pentecost. Um, and in some ways, like the, the end of the Jesus story in Luke isn't until Acts chapter 2. Yeah. Um, because It's almost Luke and Luke 2. Right. It is literally yeah. Luke and Luke 2, the so, Acts of the Apostles. <laughs> but he re- in Acts 1, he retells the story of the Ascension. Yeah. And so we're recovering the Jesus story. And then in Luke 2, finally the last thing that Jesus said can't happen, right? Wait here, this thing is going to happen. And then this thing happens, and at that point the torch is passed, and now it is once again, the power is yours. Luke's totally doing what they do in and previously in Luke. Yeah, it's really right. previously on Luke. So Acts on one, Acts one is, as you might remember, Theophilus. It is literally, pre- it yes, is literally previously that. on Luke. Um, so it's almost, it's almost kind of like a Quentin Tarantino movie. We're just gonna, you go through and then it goes back into the beginning and shows you, and then like for real, like Pulp Fiction. That's well, in some ways, movie. in some ways, exactly. that's what the all of the Gospels function that way because yeah. they're always looking back to the Old Testament, right? Yeah. We just miss some of it because we don't read the Old Testament. But like, especially like the, the amount of time like Moses references show up and 
whatever Daniel Daniel and David references show up. It's like oh man, it's, it's the point. It's the callback. You know, we, we talk about, uh, make jokes about uh, long-winded pastors, but when you're looking through the book of Acts and, yeah. and you see any time they're telling the uh, salvation story or the story of Jesus. It goes, and, and they've started with the Old Testament. Yeah. I'll start with the Old Testament. Yeah. And, yeah. Our father Abraham. Right. And, 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 In the and, beginning. And he says, bringing through right. Moses and all that. And so they, that must have been a long chariot ride. Right. <laughs> I'm thinking specifically of Philip and the unit. Yes. That must have been, he was reading Isaiah, and next thing I know, he's gotten the entire summation of the Old Testament. Trust me, we did speed dating the Old Testament, and I think it still took us, what, four months? Yeah. yeah. Three months? And I was speed dating it. Now, to be fair, that was done an hour at a time. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we weren't all stuck in a chariot together, but man. Look, they didn't have Twitter. They didn't have television. They didn't have the internet. They had time on their hands. Um, in time a way, that, uh, we got a comment in from uh, Ken Diesterhoff. Um, I get the feeling that Mark is uh, definitely leaving. The next step is up to us. We're told to tell others, are we going to do that? Right. Yeah. That's the power is yours, right? You have all, just like in Pentecost and Luke, you have, or Luke to Acts of the Apostles, you have all of the tools that these women have. They don't have anything that you don't. Right. And the way that the disciples after Jesus shows up and they can poke him and prod him and he watch him eat fish. And you can imagine that like, is he a ghost? Ghosts okay. don't eat food. We'll poke him and find right. out. Is he a ghost? Oh, watch, watch, watch. And they're like, as Jesus, as the fish is going to Jesus' mouth, everyone stops breathing. They're just going to watch. Is he going to eat? They ate it. He's not a ghost. Oh my God. <laughs> right? Like, that, but like, that's what's happening in the breakfast scene. Like, is Jesus going to eat fish? Um, yeah. Because ghosts don't eat. According, according to Hebrew, whatever, ghosts don't yeah. eat. Uh, I want to throw another real cool thing that I think about the way uh, Mark does it. And, and I think it points to the fact that this is the way it happened. But when you're looking at this, it is women to mm-hmm. who the first revelation of him. And that's fairly consistent, right? right? And right. that's consistent all across the board. And to the detractors that talk about people, you know, making the story up and all of that. Well, in the culture and in the context, it probably would not, if they were making it up, have been women as the. It's first inconvenient, one. right? Because right. It's, inconvenient. it's culturally inconvenient for that time. For that time, yeah, and and I just think it just points to the awesomeness of how God has His way of showing honor and thank yeah. to those who had been His disciples for a while, even though they were, you know, from us looking back perspective, more on the back burners of doing stuff. Even though when you read through the story, you see them doing they're, a lot. They're all right there. They're just they're always right there. Well, and you, you think about, right, that this is part of this is also, and anyone can be messengers. Right. Yeah. Right. That if these women are picked, again, this, this is not yeah. to speak to the rights of women in today's society. No. Or even that, Certainly not that things should be now the way they were then. I think mm-hmm. that's, I think we can all agree that's not, that's, and that's not what's happening here. But what is happening here is um, these people who would have been looked down on in their society are picked with, picked to deliver one of the most important messages. Yeah. And so right. it talks about a difference between God's values of value of people um, and earthly society's value of yeah. people. Um, and anytime you try to conflate those two things, um, you lose because God ends up valuing way more kinds of people way more deeply uh, than human society ever has. Right, exactly. We got a time to shine. Sure. (laughs) Well, and and, and certainly this theme, 
you know, less so in Matthew, but certainly Luke picks up on this, as we've talked about a lot. Luke picks up on this theme, uh, particularly in the figure of Mary. Right. um, And how Mary plays in uh, the importance Mary is given and Mary's story and Mary's song are given, right? Like, this isn't even the only gospel where you see the unlikely messengers, right? Uh, And I understand, like, it's a cultural problem that they were considered unlikely, but we have to accept that 2,000 years ago, they were the least likely messengers. That's right. Um, they couldn't own property. They couldn't whatever, right? Um, and yet here they are carrying the, the most important message of God. Um, and that's probably as good a place as any uh, to bring it in for a landing um, for eight verses. We certainly, you know, there's certainly a lot to cover. <laughs> um, thank you so much for joining us. Um, if you are listening to this in kind of the normal Holy Week time frame, uh, don't forget we have two extra worship opportunities this week. Uh, Thursday night at 6 p.m. we will be living the Last Supper. I, I'll tell you no more than that, um, but you will enter through the garage door uh, to the basement um, and, 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 and we'll go from there. Um, and then on Friday evening, it's again at 6 p.m., we will be doing a Good Friday service on top of Wednesday night um, at, our, at its normal time and Sunday morning at Easter services at its normal time. Um, if you have any feedback for us, please leave it in the comments uh, here on Facebook where we um, record live. Um, it gets uploaded to YouTube after the fact. We check those comments. You can email us, uh, gracechurchpalestine at gmail.com or leave a message over on our website, palestinegrace.com slash video. And we will be back next week um, uh, with another fun-filled episode of Scripture Talk. Uh, so tune in then. If you're looking for an audio version, it is available after the fact. Just search Scripture Talk by Grace Church in your podcatcher of of choice. Also remember, fear not, stay well. God is with us. Didn't know who would do that. That's new. <laughs> Should have guessed that would happen.